Eco Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. Eco Report is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Hello and welcome to Eco Report. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I am Cynthia Roberts. Later in this half hour, we hear from Marilyn Beauchat of Uplands Network, an aspect of the Hoosier chapter of the Sierra Club, about their conservation initiatives and upcoming events. And now for your environmental reports. Inside Clean Energy reports onshore wind energy is working on a comeback in the U.S. market. This is odd to say, considering that land-based wind farms are the country's leading source of renewable power. But it reflects a market in which utility-scale solar and battery storage are growing at much faster rates, and offshore wind is on the cusp of substantial growth. At the same time, onshore wind suffered through a rough 2022. The industry had 8.5 gigawatts of new projects go online last year, which was the lowest number since 2018 and less than half of the record high from 2020. Wind energy manufacturers felt the pain from this downturn with layoffs and financial losses. Negative press in Indiana has taken a toll on new wind farms. Critics say wind farms are an intrusion into nature in that they have concrete foundations. In addition, their blades can kill high-flying bats and birds, a reality opponents often use to argue against this form of renewable energy. The coal industry is the source of much of the criticism. Actually, the pad for a wind turbine is well under an acre, and the landowner typically receives 5,000 per year. Critics also feel no need for honesty. Nationally, wind turbines kill about 200,000 birds and bats per year, well behind collisions with vehicles and buildings. Cats can kill 10,000 times as many birds as wind turbines. But the industry is now shifting back into growth mode, thanks in part to tax credits under the Inflation Reduction Act, said Ryan Weiser, a senior scientist at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Some Republican office holders vow to kill Biden's infrastructure plan. They favor fossil fuels. Since late April, wildfires have been burning across Canada, blanketing the country and parts of the U.S. in unhealthy and sometimes dangerous smoke in what Canadian wildfire officials have called the worst wildfire season ever recorded. In a new study, scientists from the World Weather Attribution Initiative examined the conditions that lead to the record series of wildfires and concluded that they were at least twice as probable due to human-caused climate change. The study, 
Climate change more than doubled the likelihood of extreme fire weather conditions in eastern Canada was conducted by scientists from the Netherlands, Canada, and the United Kingdom. The area burned by this year's wildfire season in Canada is bigger than Greece, reported The Guardian. More than 34 million acres have been burned, more than twice the previous record. That area represents approximately 13 billion trees. This year, high temperatures led to the rapid thawing and disappearance of snow during May, particularly in eastern Quebec, resulting in unusually early wildfires, said Philippe Gachon, a researcher at the University of Quebec in Montreal, as reported by The Guardian. The Arctic has been the most affected area by global climate change in recent years, resulting in rapid melting of ice and warming, as well as affecting wildlife, particularly the polar bear. Polar bears, the world's largest land predators, have been designated as vulnerable on the red list. The loss of habitat is the main reason for the decline. During the third National Arctic Scientific Research Expedition, under the auspices of Turkey's Polar Research Institute, Scientists concluded the sharp decline in Arctic habitat will continue. Recent research indicates that unless carbon emissions are reduced, polar bear populations in many areas may become extinct by the end of this century. Migration is beginning in Indiana. As fall approaches and daylight diminishes, as leaves begin to change, many species are following their ancient tradition of gathering and heading south. Cerulean warblers leave their Indiana home in August and September and head south to the Andes Mountain for the winter. Other birds, including the Baltimore Oreos, scarlet tanagers, and indigo buntings are also making their way south through Indiana. These birds all have one thing in common. They utilize wooded habitats across Indiana to rest, recover, and refuel. Now is an excellent time to watch for them in your yard. Migration isn't limited to birds. We all know about the monarch butterfly that journeys thousands of miles to hillsides in Mexico's fir forest. They love milkweed, so that is one thing you can plant in your yard to help them along their journey. Inside Climate Change reports that rising North Atlantic Ocean temperatures are causing increased numbers of threatened and endangered sea turtles to migrate through Massachusetts waters heading north in search of food, then back south to their breeding grounds. Their journey is fraught with dangers. Fishing gear entanglement, plastic pollution, and habitat loss all threaten their survival, according to numerous environmental and fisheries sources. An additional menace looms large here at this time of year, the summer surge in boating traffic around Cape Cod. Quote, Vessel strike is a primary cause of sea turtle fatality in our waters, end quote, said Karen Dowderville, sea turtle research coordinator at Mass Audubon's Wellfleet Bay Wildlife Sanctuary. Boats frequently collide with sea turtles as they come up for air after diving for food, she said. August and September are peak months for boat strikes here, said Dowderville, as vessels and migrating sea turtles are both heading south to the Caribbean and Central America. As the oceans warm, 
The food for turtles moves north, thus increasing the distance to nesting sites. And now we turn to environmental correspondent Zero Rose for his interview with Marilyn Bashat of Sierra's Club, Sierra Club's Upland Network on the history of the Hoosier chapter and the current activities of the conservation organization here in Bloomington and across the state. To learn more about the Hoosier chapter, go to www.sierraclub.org slash Indiana. We have with us today, Marilyn Beauchamp. She is on the Executive Committee of Volunteers and is the chair of Uplands Network, both of those to do with the Sierra Club. Um, is that Hoosier Chapter is how that's yes. designated? Yes. And uh, she's here to let us know what they have been up to and what they're getting up to. Has it been a year and a half since you've been active again? Yes. Um, so. So in the Bloomington area, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, there was a really strong, it was called the Uplands Group. And they, they had uh, a group, a group is formed when all the officers are elected. It's much more established. Um, and they were very, they worked with other groups in the area to uh, have the Dean Wilderness declared a wilderness. And um you know, they did other important work. And some of these people are still around, which is neat because they're my age. Um, and, and so it's fun to meet them and hear the history. But anyway, so so uh, the the group here, I mean, people moved away. That group was started by people, some people when they were in college, one of them being Jeff Stant, who now runs the uh, Indiana Forest Alliance. So anyway, so as that kind of faded away and the other people kind of started to regroup, restart the group over the years. But um, when I, when my husband and I decided to move here two years ago, I, I said to the rest of the executive committee of the uh, Hoosier chapter that I would restart the Uplands and we're a network because we're not as established as a group. So we're calling ourselves the Uplands Network and we serve Monroe and surrounding counties. So. Basically, we want to get people outside. I mean, most people know that it's really good to be outside in nature and it can just it can just feed your soul and change your mindset. And um, I'm a former special education teacher who always tried to have nature uh, as part of my curriculum. And, you know, we would go outside on the patio or what I mean, we would try to do things outside and I try to bring nature into the classroom. And I worked with a lot of kids who were, uh, back in the 70s, kids were starting to get diagnosed with more uh, spectrum disorders and, and ADHD, et cetera. And this wonderful book came out called Last Child in the Woods. And I would share this with my parents. Um, it's saving our children from nature deficit disorder. And I think that we can all learn something from that from this book or from that kind of thinking that um, it's good for everybody. And we believe uh, that the more you get people out in nature, the more willing they are to try to protect it. And when, when they see what's, what's out there and 
Uh, so that's that's what we're trying to do, and coming. And that is, yeah. And that is with the history of the Sierra Club, uh, yes. from hikers in the mountains, and getting people and uh, like politicians to come out and see the glory and majesty of the situation. Exactly. Fire to protect it. Yeah, and preserve those areas, and you know that's why we have our national parks and. Uh, we have national forests and state forests and state parks. Uh, they all have different levels of protection. Um, so, so yeah, you other, mentioned you mentioned the okay. Deem. Yes, you mentioned the Deem Wilderness, and that's D E A M. Correct. People, not it's, Dean. It's Deem. Yeah, it's um, Charles, Charles Deem. That's got a level of protection, I guess, beyond public forests. Yes, it's our only protected wilderness in the state. So you cannot use a motorized vehicle in there. Um, there is a lot of restrictions. We, um, as a group, we've gone in to remove invasive species. You can't use any sprays or anything, which we don't really want to do anyway. Um, but, you know, there are some invasive species that are out of control. So, um, so anyway, so that's one of our service projects that we do regularly is, is um, we, we go especially to the Hayes Trail. I don't know if you're familiar with trails in the area, but um, we really love the Hayes Trail and we decided that it wasn't going to have any multi-flora rose growing on it. So we've pretty much eradicated it over the last year. Although there is a plan, there's a, a hike plan to go back and do, um, not Barbary, but um, yeah, I think it is invasive the Barbary that people grow in their yards that looks pretty and it has thorns. It's all over the woods too. So, and it, and then yeah, the calorie pear, a ca calorie pear. I haven't seen in the Dean wilderness, but up in Hamilton County where we lived, it was all over, all over the roadsides taking over and people think it looks pretty in their yards, but when it goes natural, it's really hard to remove because it get it goes back to its, calorie state initial it's the Bradford pear usually people call it when they landscape and it and it gets really hard to remove and it, and it just it just keeps native plants from growing and um, so the invasive plants really um, keep keep the native animals out because they don't have the native plants like the pollinators and and the you know no no animal eats invasive Japanese stillgrass that so we're trying to pull that out so anyway enough about invasives <laughs> I could go on and on <laughs> but that's just one of the things that we we do regularly um, partnering with uh, the parks department and the national foresters uh, depending on where we're doing it um, so so that that's our that's our thing like when you come into an area and there's already so many great established groups we just want to amplify what they're doing and so we have managed to partner with with people on hikes and grants and uh like uh friends of Lake Monroe we're part of a grant that they wrote for uh money for more funding to protect the shoreline and the watershed um it's just an example, but I, you can tell I get really excited about learning about the area and all all the wonderful things in it. And then we were approached by the artists for climate awareness because they heard about our group and they wanted to do a fundraiser for us. So we've been partnering on on projects with them, 
and then the artists for environmental education, or, I'm sorry, environmental restoration came along and wanted to do a fa uh, family teens and tweens art hikes with us. So we just completed one of those, two of those. Um, so we, we went to Griffey, just local, was really simple hike, but the families, mainly the kids, found all kinds of things to photograph. And then they're going to take those photographs to the artist for restoration, have a, a place in Backspace Gallery for the month. And they're going to take, take their photos, and some of them had drawings, I believe, and turn them into art. You know, the artists are going to provide materials and everything. So that, that's another exciting thing. A family hike was one of the most fun ones I've been on. So, um, so yes. And that seems to be a lot of what you guys are doing or partnering with other organizations. And uh, I think uh, one of those or the campaigns you participate in is Beyond Coal. Correct. That is a Sierra Club campaign. Um, so Beyond Coal, we've managed to close down uh, some of the big super polluters, but Indiana still has more than any other state. So we'd like to change that. And, and uh, we have uh, a Beyond Coal coordinator right in town here who, who speaks at our meetings um, intermittently and keeps us on track with that. And he has, uh, is leading us in a campaign about Duke because Duke has not, Duke has not um, agreed to stop using coal as, as soon like by the deadline that um, the other the other companies have agreed to, and I, I don't have those years in the top of my head, but um, yeah, that's, I mean, we're, and we're into a lot of things. If you look at the Hoosier chapter, um, Sierra Club Hoosier chapter org, um, you can see all the, the things that we need to do in Indiana because Indiana has some of the most polluted waterways and, um, you know, uh, the majority of the waterways have been deemed too polluted for recreation. So there's just a lot we have. So Gre my husband, Greg and I started water monitoring years ago and we haven't gotten back to it since we moved, but um, we have members of Sierra club who along with other groups like Indiana forest Alliance, trying to protect the, the watershed and not have the Houston South project go ahead and, have burning, you know, near the lake, et cetera. So I, I'm sorry. I'm just like, we're pretty much all over the place with Sierra Club. <laughs> but yeah, well, the, that Houston you know. South project being somewhat near Bloomington. And I guess it was a lawsuit and filed, filed by a few different entities. You guys right. aren't a party to that, are you? Um, we did. We didn't, we were not a part of the lawsuit, but, we, but since, since that went well, um, and the Buffalo Springs project has come up down in Paoli with their lake, um, we've we've partnered with Indiana Forest Alliance to have hikes down there and show people what we need to protect. And and we've also had a few conferences with the leaders. The volunteer leaders have had conferences with our national committee to see how how what we can contribute if there is another lawsuit if we need to. So we we told them that we would be a part of it, it to 
you know, whatever our capacity is, we're going to help out. And then surprisingly, I saw that uh, you guys are also uh, kind of supportive or in some way involved with the Stop Cop City movement. And that's down in Atlanta, Georgia, the uh, urban forest that's going to be raised for a police training facility slash film studio. Uh, and yeah. I believe, I think the, I don't, I, I, I think dozens of people were just arrested under RICO charges, an, another RICO charge case in Georgia. Oh, just recently, because I, I haven't yeah. kept. Yeah, um, they, they're, okay. Yeah. Um. So there, yeah. So the the people who live there would like to have a voice in what happens to their community, um, and so there there are petitions out where people can sign and and. I don't know what it means when I sign a petition to, but, but they're trying to have uh, a vote, an election to stop it. Um, because I mean, it's just, it's just more environmental injustice, splitting up neighborhoods and, and taking away that natural area besides, you know, the value of the trees and the old growth and, and the nature-based climate solutions that are involved that many people are not considering and even some of our state and national foresters are not considering. So that's an issue. And speaking of climate or nature-based solutions, Greg and I are also, we train to be advocates for Citizens Climate Lobby, which is another really important group because they work bipartisan across the aisle with trying to get laws passed to do something about carbon and, and, uh, you know, renewable energy, et cetera. So uh, there's a wonderful, the South Central group of, of citizens climate lobby here in town is really worth looking into if, if you want a more like laser focused group. This is In Nature. This is Juliana Daly. Today's In Nature segment is about the Cerulean Warbler. The Cerulean Warbler is a small songbird of the Warbler family, only about 4.3 inches. Adult males have pale cerulean blue and white underparts with a black necklace around the breast and black streaks on the back and flanks. The population is dropping faster than any other warbler species in the United States. The population decline is 74% since 1966. The cerulean warbler winters in South America and migrates north in the summer. It breeds in forest with tall deciduous trees and open understory, such as wet bottomlands and dry slopes. They can be found in Indiana. The cerulean warbler feeds primarily on insects and nests in trees using bark fibers, grass stems, and hair bound together with spider webs. They lay one to five eggs that are grayish to greenish white with brown speckles. That's the cerulean warbler. You've been listening to In Nature. For Eco Report, I am Juliana Daly. And I am Cynthia Roberts. 
Are you looking for a way to make a difference on environmental issues? Here at Eco Report, we are currently looking for reporters, engineers, and segment producers. Our goal is to report facts on how we're all affected by global climate disruption and the ongoing assaults on our air, land, and water. We also celebrate ecologists, tree huggers, soil builders, and an assortment of champions who actively protect and restore our natural world, particularly those who are active in South Central Indiana. All levels of experience and all ages are welcome, and we provide the training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. To volunteer for Eco Report, give us a call at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now for some upcoming events. The MC slash Iris Native Plant Sale will be held this year at the Switchyard Park in Bloomington on Saturday, September 9th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Get there early to get your favorite plants. Where are the birds and what can we do? Join the Uplands Network of Hoosier Chapter of Sierra Club Virtual Monthly Meeting on Monday, September the 11th at 6.30 p.m. Dr. Helen Ketterson, Distinguished Professor of Biology and Co-Director of Midwest Center for Biodiversity, will present data about the decline in the bird population. This is a long uh, email for you to remember. Register at https colon backslash backslash www.sierraclub.org slash indiana slash upcoming dash events dash and dash outings. Take the Kelp Village Hike at Brown County State Park on Friday, September 15th, beginning at 1 p.m. Join the naturalist to see this often overlooked history of Brown County State Park before it was a park. Sign up at bit.ly slash scv hyphen history 2023. The Fall Bio Blitz is starting on Friday, September the 15th and runs through Monday, September the 24th at the Griffey Lake Nature Preserve. Compete to find as many plant and animal species during the week. If you get the most, you win a prize. Register at bloomington.in.gov parks. Join the Sierra Club Hoosier Chapter for a Yellowwood Resource Management Walk on Saturday, September 16th at 9 a.m. During this one-mile easy trail walk, you will learn about forest management techniques such as clear cuts, controlled burns, select cuts, and more. Meet in the Yellowwood parking lot near the forest office. Register with Marilyn Bashat, that's B-A-U-C-H-A-T, at gmail.com. of our show for this week. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. 
This week's headlines were written by Norm Holy and Juliana Daly. Today's news feature was produced by Zero Rose and edited by Noel Herhushki Snyder. Juliana Daly assembled the script, which was edited by Zero Rose. Juliana Daly also compiled our events calendar. Thank you, Juliana. <laughs> Kate Young and Noel Herhusky Snyder produced today's show. Brandon Blewett is our engineer. And thanks to Brandon. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I am Cynthia Roberts. And this is Eco Report. been listening to the eco report a volunteer powered production of community radio wfhb in bloomington indiana available for download and podcast at news.wfhb.org eco report is your independent ecologically inspired news source for south central indiana bringing you news that the earth wants you to hear send your comments suggestions and story ideas directly to the eco report staff the email address is earth at wfhb.org that's earth at wfhb.org